0: Is there a position group on the Notre Dame roster that divides the fan base more than the linebackers? I honestly don't think so, but today I'll explain why I have really high hopes for this group in 2023. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to Locked On Irish. Today is Wednesday, August 16th. And thanks as always for making this your first listen of the day. I'm Tyler Wojcik and I'm the host. I'm a Notre Dame alum and producer covering college football for Fox Sports. And today I'm going to talk about what I believe is the most interesting position group on the entire Notre Dame roster in 2023. The linebackers. I think they're so interesting for several different reasons. First off, the top three guys projected to start at linebacker this year are all fifth year seniors. When has that ever happened before? J.D. Bertrand, Maris Leafout, and Jack Heiser bring back a ton of experience. They played a total of 1,427 snaps last season. They also finished first, second, and third on the team in tackles last year, respectively. So if I'm an opposing fan, or really just any casual college football fan reading that, and I'm thinking, wow, clearly the linebackers are a strength of the defense, right? Well, that might depend on who you ask, because I feel like I could ask... 10 different Notre Dame fans, how they feel about the current group of Notre Dame linebackers, and I could get 10 very different responses. And I get it. J.D. Bertrand was called for targeting three times last year and was ejected twice. Fortunately for him, one was called back after review, or that would have been three ejections, which is not something you want from a leader on the defense and a team captain, which he was last year, and he is this season as well. And at one point before the 2021 season, Maris Leofile looked like he could be one of the best players on the entire team. That is how he was talked about during that preseason camp. Then he suffered a leg injury on literally the last day of fall camp that wiped out his entire 2021 season. And then in 2022, he just never really looked like the player we thought he was going to be the year prior to getting hurt, and instead we watched him run straight into a block over and over and over again. Look, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. Maybe it's a little bit unfair to him, but it just felt like whenever I was watching Leofield, watching what he did on a play, he was very violent, but he was very violent into a block, and that obviously does not help your defense. And then then you've got Jack Kaiser, who, credit to him, was very efficient when he was on the field last season. He finished third on the team in tackles to site. Playing like half the amount of snaps that Leophal played, but he just wasn't on the field a whole lot because he played the rover position, and that is what was basically the odd man out. Whenever Notre Dame went into their nickel set, they'd bring out the rover and bring in the nickel back, which was Tariq Bracy last season, and he had a really uh, impressive year. But then Notre Dame didn't get to maximize Jack Kaiser in the way that they probably would have wanted to, given his skill set. And I haven't even mentioned like the wealth of young talent behind those guys. Sophomore Jalen Sneed was a five-star prospect coming out of high school. He's the number one recruit in that class for Notre Dame. Plus, two freshmen, Drake Bowen and Jay Nosberry. They were both top 150 players coming out of high school last year, and they look like they can contribute in year one. So it really all makes for a very fascinating dynamic for us to talk about and an interesting puzzle that defensive coordinator Al Golden and the Notre Dame coaching staff are going to have to solve in order to maximize the defense in 2023 and beyond. So I'm going to go through the depth chart and project how I think things are going to play out in 2023. And then I'll look back on how Notre Dame has recruited the position that really led us to this point. And then at the end, I'll look ahead to the future because Notre Dame might have to replace all three starters next year, even though they're all 50 years. They actually have one more year left of eligibility left because of the COVID year, but I don't know if they're going to take it. And so we'll have to start to guess, what is it going to look like with those guys gone? Because I I think at least two are probably going to leave after this year. And what's going to happen down the road, and really what's going to happen this year, I mean, is going to, impact what happens next year and beyond because those young guys really are chomping at the bit to play, and they might get some reps this season because they deserve it, hopefully not because of injury. I've been doing this exercise with all the position groups throughout the offseason with the exception of the the defensive backs. They're the last ones I have to get to before the season kicks off on August 26th. Sorry, Specialists, you're not getting an entire episode dedicated to you, at least not until Spencer Schrader kicks the game-winning field goal against Ohio State in late September. Once that happens, maybe that will change. But let's get back to the linebackers here. And these are going to be the starters. Right now, it looks like J.D. Bertrand is going to be starting at the mic. Um, there were some conversations that maybe Jack Kaiser would move over to the Will linebacker position. But right now, it looks like Maris Leifau is going to be the starter there as well. And then Jack Kaiser is technically going to be the rover. But as we know... Notre Dame staff likes to rotate those three guys a lot. So we'll see how that ends up shaking out. That's my that's what I expect the three starters to be on paper, but Jack Heiser has put on 10 pounds of weight. I think he could play some more well this season, and then we could see Leofau off the edge. Um, speaking of off the edge, I expect Jalen Snead to be a player this year who – Mostly comes in in passing situations because he's a really effective pass rusher, but he's probably going to be listed, I think, as the will linebacker. I don't know at at Mike. It's going to be true freshman Drake Bowen. It probably would have been Nolan Ziegler, but um, he's been away from the team dealing with an uh, off the field issue personal reasons. I think he had to go home at one point and there were some conversations that he might not play at all this season, but it does seem like he was around practice recently. So I don't know. Um, Obviously, whenever it's personal reasons, that is something I'm not really going to touch on on this podcast. So right now we'll count him out for this season. So the backups are looking like Snead Bowen. And then at Rover, you've got Jayden Osberry, the freshman out of Baton Rouge, who was really impressive in spring, particularly in the spring game. Um, and he looks like a true rover uh, linebacker, a position that requires you to play in coverage, also be able to blitz. I mean, Jeremiah Owusu-Cormo was built uh, out of a lab, basically. He's like the perfect rover. And obviously, uh, JOKs don't just grow on trees, so it's hard to find. But Jane Osprey looks like he could be the perfect fit for that position. So we'll see if he gets on the field this year. But really, when I'm looking through the step chart, I'm seeing of a lot of experience, and I think that, Like I was saying, even though this is what it looks like on paper, I expect there to be a lot of moving and shaking as the year goes on. And, look, I'm going to come out and just say it right now. I think J.D. Bertrand is going to have an absolutely massive year for Notre Dame. I think he's going to lead the team in tackles for the third season in a row. He's practically seen it all in college football by now. He also has a year's worth of experience uh, with Al Golden and his defense under his belt now, which is very important because I think it was sort of underrated last year how big of a learning curve it was for the entire defense, really, to learn Al Golden's scheme, um, but particularly the linebackers because Al Golden was coming from the Cincinnati Bengals. He was just coaching in a Super Bowl. Then he comes to the college game pretty late in the process because he was coaching that uh, in that Super Bowl. So he got... Onto campus and couldn't really start coaching until a few weeks before spring practice started. So it was a lot to handle for him as well as all the guys who were trying to learn the defense. So now that they've got a year with him and they understand the scheme, I think it's gonna be a lot better for them. Plus Al Golden knows sort of what to expect at the college game with the opponents on Notre Dame's schedule. So I think he's even admitted to having to fine-tune what he's teaching these guys. He's not just going to throw everything at them all at once, sort of like what he did last season. It's going to be a lot more specific to the style of offenses that Notre Dame is actually going to play this season, and that should bode well for everyone on the entire defense. So... I feel like they're going to be in a lot better position. Um, I'd also like to see Jack Kaiser play a lot more in the middle. I mentioned that he put on some weight, so I think he's gearing up to playing more inside the box. Um, He's just a guy who knows where the ball is going to be, and he makes plays. He had that pick six against Wisconsin off Graham Mertz, although then again, that was basically right to him. I think you or I might have been able to score on that play as well, but I don't want to take away from Jack Kaiser because he also had another touchdown, I believe, in the Georgia Tech game that season. Um, but, yeah, two touchdowns for Jack Kaiser. And I think once he's on the field a little bit more, he's going to be able to move around, take advantage of his athletic ability, because believe it or not, he tests as well, if not better, than the vast majority of players on the team. He's really good. Uh, he's a really good athlete and a really good football player, too. And look, there's Maris Leofau, much maligned in the fan base. I think he's going to be better utilized coming off the edge of the season, especially in passing situations. I don't really want to see him in coverage a whole lot. But, When he's coming off the edge and he can do the things that he's best at, the things that we saw him do against North Carolina in 2020, he's pretty effective. And there's a reason why he played so much last season. It's because the coaching staff trusts him a lot. I don't think he should play uh, over 600 snaps. Hell, I'd probably say he should probably play less than 500 snaps because he's got some really talented guys behind him. But I guess we're going to have to wait and see on that. One of those talented guys is Jalen Sneed. Um, I mentioned he was a five-star prospect coming out of high school. There's a lot of hype around him coming in, and I think he's going to have a role this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts against Navy. I'd actually expect that uh, because playing the option is perfect for his skill set. He's extremely athletic. When he gets to just see ball, get ball, he's really good at it. He's been pretty open about the fact that he struggles in coverage, so Rover doesn't really make a ton of sense for him. I hope that after another season uh, of college football that he becomes a more well-rounded linebacker, but for this year, I think he's going to be more of like a package player coming in an obvious passing situation so he can get out or get after the passer and make some plays. Um, Nolan Ziegler, I mentioned, is dealing with some off-the-field issues, so that means Drake Bowen is going to have to step up and be the primary backup Mike Linebacker. That is a really tall task. The Mike Linebacker um, has a lot of responsibility pre-snap, getting guys aligned, and that's why J.D. Bertrand is so valuable to the defense because he knows everything. He knows where everyone needs to be. He can get guys in position I'm afraid to bring up the Joe Schmidt comparison, but that's sort of what his role is. So I think J.D. Bertrand is like a much better uh, Joe Schmidt, but having him on the field and and sort of getting guys where they need to be is very important. So asking a true freshman to do that would be a lot to ask, but Drake Bowen is really impressed. Uh, He really impressed when he was on campus in the spring, and I think that has continued throughout the summer. So keep an eye out for him this year. Um, I would be stunned if he gets redshirted. I think he's going to actually be a big-time contributor on special teams and potentially on the defense as well. Jay Nosberry, super talented. He might even force his way on the field this season. But still, I I don't expect him to play a lot. But still, those guys are going to get some reps, and not just reps because of necessity, but because I think they're going to earn it. I think they're going to force their way onto the field in some cases because back in, what, two years ago, they literally could not bring J.D. Bertrand off the field despite the fact that he had a broken arm. Um, That was... I, I don't know how these guys do it, man. Like he literally had his whole arm, his, I think he had a broken wrist. Broken arm is probably a little bit too extreme. He had a broken wrist, but he still played linebacker for a full season and was pretty effective despite uh, there was some loud misses with him, particularly against Cincinnati. So look, I really like what I'm hearing about the way Al Golden has been rotating the twos in with the, uh, with the rest of the starting defense during camp. Those young guys are getting a lot more reps, which is good. The fifth-year guys, they don't really need that many practice reps. Obviously, they need some, but you want to get those guys, those younger guys in, get acclimated to the scheme, get acclimated to just playing against college football players. And I I think that this year they're going to be needed. They're going to be called upon in some big moments, and uh, I'm hopeful that they'll be able to step up. But really, the 5th years. I think they're going to have a great year. I think that Al Golden knows them better. They know the defense better. They're going to be put in better positions. And I actually just think that they're pretty damn good football players for the most part. Yes, they have their flaws. I don't have to go over all of them again. But I really think that they are sort of the key to this defense in 2023. And if they have a really good year, and we are, we've are we already talked before on this podcast about how good the cornerbacks can be, if the linebackers are really good, they're stopping the run game and they force teams into passing on those cornerbacks, it's probably not going to be successful a lot of the time. And I think this group, these linebackers, are pretty much the key to what Notre Dame can do in 2023. Because if they struggle and Notre Dame starts getting gassed in the ground game, then all of a sudden this season could go in a a much different direction than any of us want. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I have a lot of faith in these guys. They're experienced. They're talented. They're going to be put in good positions. So there you have it. I am planting my flag on the side of the linebackers in 2023. I think they're going to have a much better season than some people might expect, and that's going to bode really well for the defense as a whole. But coming up next, I'm going to explain how we sort of got to this point where things are a little off balance, where Notre Dame is a bunch of 50-year seniors and then some very young guys that are right behind them. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements use physician formulated natural science backed ingredients. Their drug free patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Go to Nutrafol.com men to take their hair health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Nutraful supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutraful men's hair growth supplements. So look, as guys, we all know we want great hair, even if we're too afraid to admit it sometimes. So I highly recommend Nutraful to help you get the head of hair you want and deserve. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLEGE. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com men, spelled N-U-T-O-N. R-A-F-O-L slash men and enter promo code locked on college. That's neutral.com slash men. Promo code locked on college Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Thanks again for making Locked On Irish your first listen of the day. This is your reminder to like the video, rate and review the podcast, and of course, subscribe. All right, let's go back in time a little bit here, and let's go through how Notre Dame has recruited linebackers over the past five years. So, we'll get a better understanding of why we're at the position Notre Dame is at now, and then hopefully... We'll get a better sense of what the future is going to look like with some of these young prospects. So let's go back to 2019. In that class, Notre Dame signed Maris Leofau, J.D. Bertrand, Jack Kaiser, and Osita Equano. Leofau was probably the highest rated across the board among this group. He was a four-star. He was a little bit of a late bloomer, and he was considered the Alohi Gilman of linebackers, given the Hawaii roots. And then behind Leofau, there's J.D. Bertrand. And there was actually a point in time in 2017 when people thought that JD Bertrand was going to end up playing for his hometown Georgia Bulldogs, it's true. Dan Lanning, the current head coach at Oregon, was recruiting JD Bertrand hard. And Jim Leonard, uh, when he was the defensive coordinator at Wisconsin, was really recruiting JD Bertrand to play there as well. He didn't go there, he picked Notre Dame. So it's kind of funny now when we talk about JD Bertrand, he's sort of this like diamond in the rough type character. But when you look at what he was, uh, or at some of the reports out there when he was a recruit, some big-time schools were after him, and I think that's sort of why you understand why Notre Dame's coaching staff is so high on him, because this has been going on throughout his whole career. Um, Equano, he transferred to Charlotte after this past season, so that was a miss there. Kaiser was the lowest-rated prospect in the entire class that year because he didn't even play linebacker full-time in high school, and he played against basically Georgia 8th graders at the high school level in Indiana. Uh, that might be a little bit harsh, but he he was just so dominant in high school and I was actually thinking about that how much fun would that be to play at the high school level where not only are you just the best player it's it's like playing children and you're just dominating every single week week in and week out that's basically what Jack Heiser was doing but when Notre Dame took him there were a lot of questions but now you look back at that class they hit on three of the four guys that's pretty damn good for a linebacker class and it was necessary because in 2020 Notre Dame didn't sign a single linebacker I guess maybe Jordan Battella could have been included in this considering he played a little linebacker in college, but at the time, he was considered a defensive end as a recruit, and obviously that's what he plays now at the Viper position. So Notre Dame didn't sign a single linebacker in 2020. We get to 2021, and at the time, this looked like it could be pretty good, but now, in hindsight, it ended up being a complete whiff. Notre Dame signed Prince Kali, Devin Aupiu, Will Schwitzer, and Kahanu Kia in 2021, and all of them are gone. (laughs) Kali was the big name out of this group. He was the number 147 player nationally and the number 18 linebacker according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. And then everyone else is ranked outside the top 500. Kali ended up transferring to Vanderbilt this past offseason. Devin IUPU, I'm probably saying that wrong. I'm sorry, Devin. Well, he's at UCLA now. And then Schwitzer Schwitzer had to medically retire from football. And then Kahanu Kia. He stepped away from the program to serve on a two-year mission trip. Um, I think he's expected to come back to the Notre Dame team, but you never really know uh, with guys like that. So for now, we're going to count that as a miss. So Notre Dame went 0-4 for in 2021, and they went 0 for in 2020. Then insert Marcus Freeman. He joins the staff as the defensive coordinator and linebackers coach and immediately overhauled linebacker recruiting because in 2022 – Notre Dame signed arguably the best linebacker class in the entire country. That year, they signed Jalen Sneed, Josh Burnham, Junior Tui Alamaka, and Nolan Ziegler. Sneed was the crown jewel of that 2022 class. He was the five-star, top 30 player nationally, number three linebacker in the class. And then even though Josh Burnham and Junior Tui Alamaka have since had to convert from linebacker to uh, Viper, they were big time prospects. Burnham was right behind Snead. He was a four star French top one hundred prospect, the number nine linebacker in the class. Tui Alamaka, top one hundred fifty player nationally, number fifteen linebacker. And then Nolan Ziegler, who was the lowest rated recruit of the four, was actually a really highly rated recruit. If he was, if he had the same profile in this year's class, he wouldn't be that far behind Kingston Viliamuasa. He was a top three hundred player nationally, the number twenty nine linebacker in the class. And now, even though two of those guys have moved, that's still a really impressive haul. And, and this class is really uh, a, a big reason why that Notre Dame is looking at this current linebacker group saying, we've got a little bit of depth there because... Because considering they missed completely in 2021, there was a lot of pressure for Notre Dame to land some big names in this class, and they did. Big credit to Marcus Freeman uh, for coming in and getting those guys, because it was a great haul at the time, and even though it's probably still early to say, oh, well, this is a hit, this is a miss, uh, I feel really good about all these guys, even Nolan Ziegler. And quick note on him, uh, I saw some people thinking that he might transfer. I really don't think that's going to be the case. His family loves Notre Dame. His grandfather played football at Notre Dame. I think his grandmother was a cheerleader as well at his house. There's Notre Dame memorabilia just all over the walls. So this is a big Notre Dame family. I, I feel terrible for whatever he's dealing with off the field because right now he should be living out his dream, playing for his dream school. But I hope that he's able to come back soon because I also think that he's a good player and would have contributed this season if he were on the program full time. So best of luck to him. And then we look ahead to the 2023 class. Marcus Freeman is obviously promoted as a head coach. They hire Al Golden as the defensive coordinator and sort of de facto linebackers coach. I know James Laurinaitis uh, was the graduate assistant, and he was a a big contributor among the coaching staff for the linebackers last season as well. He is now gone. He's at Ohio State, uh, his alma mater. And in the 2023 class, Notre Dame signed Drake Bowen, the top player in the state of Indiana and a top 10 linebacker in the class. Jay Nosberry, who I've talked about a lot already on this podcast, out of Baton Rouge, right in LSU's backyard, and Preston Center, who outside the top 500 nationally, but still uh, could be a good linebacker down the road. It's still too early to tell on any of these guys if they're hit or misses. But the fact that Drake Bowen and Jay Nosberry are already looking like they're going to play in their freshman season, that that looks like they're going to be, Uh, a hit more likely than not. So I feel really, really good about these two classes combined. I know that there's some questions that I'm going to get to in segment three about the 2024 class at linebacker, but I know the seniors take a lot of shit from fans, but thank God for them. Because if the staff didn't go three for four in 2019 with Leofau, Bertrand, and Kaiser, the linebacker room would be in a really, really rough shape because of the misses that they had in 2020 and 2021 um sometimes it happens in 2021 you sign four guys you don't expect to go 04, but that's exactly what happened so Marcus Freeman came in at a crucial time um not just for the linebackers but really the entire defense and then he totally changes how Notre Dame recruited on the defensive side of the ball and that's why it's been so good in recent years and he's a big big reason why and then you start thinking ahead to the future here because after this season You're probably going to lose Bertrand, Leafau. Maybe Kaiser sticks around because he loves Notre Dame that much. But now all these young guys are going to be tasked with playing next season. And the fact that they uh, were such highly rated recruits certainly makes you feel a little bit more comfortable about the future of the position. And it's a little bit too early to tell if like Jalen Snead is going to be the guy that we thought he could be coming out of high school, the five-star, the all-world, everything. But I think once he got on campus... We all learned pretty quickly that physically he had a lot of room to grow. Uh, I think he was like 180 pounds when he joined the roster as an early enrollee freshman, which is just not even close to the type of weight that you need to be to be playing every down as a college linebacker. But credit to him. Uh, he's worked his ass off in the weight room. He's getting his body physically ready to go and, and take on the physical toll that's that comes with being a linebacker at the college level. But he obviously has a long way to go before he becomes a well-rounded linebacker. But I'm still hopeful for him. Uh, Jeremiah uwusu kormoa was pretty much a non-factor at Notre Dame until his junior year. Then he burst on the scene. Now, granted, he was hurt his sophomore season, but I think that shows you that some of these guys develop late, especially at a position like linebacker where you have to learn – so much and a lot of these times. And these guys are in high school. It's like see ball, get ball. They're the best athletes on the field. They go out, they make every single tackle. That's why they're rated so high. And then they go into a college scheme and it's a totally different ball game because they've got to learn so much. They got to know how to cover. They know they got to know where they need to be in different in blitzes and disguises and things like that. It's a big, big learning curve that I think a lot of us underestimate, um, a lot of the time. So hopefully, Jalen Snead, with two years under his belt after the season, is going to be better positioned to start and not just be more of a package guy. I think he will be. I think he's just that talented. So this shows you why Notre Dame is in the position they're in with the linebackers, particularly last year um, when the coaching staff just didn't feel comfortable bringing out the starters because the depth behind them just wasn't really good. There was talent, but they were just so young. So the backups weren't ready to go. Now that they've recruited a lot better, I think it's become a necessity to get those young guys some reps now because they're going to need it this year and in the future because the more reps they get on Saturdays this fall, the better the position is going to be down the road. So coming up in segment three, I'm going to go over what the future might look like if and when all these fifth-year guys leave after the season. So as we look ahead to the future of Notre Dame's linebackers, let's start on the recruiting trail in the class of 2024. Notre Dame has Kingston Viliamu Asa committed as well as Bodie Cajon and Teddy Rizak. And the linebacker class, as much as it's been talked about on the actual field with this current roster, the recruiting class in 2024 has also been talked about quite a bit. And before Kingston Viliamu Asa committed, A lot of that conversation really wasn't all that positive because Bodie Cajon is ranked the number 465 player nationally, and Teddy Rezac isn't even in the top 800. He's actually listed as an athlete. But then Notre Dame gets KVA. They get him um, over Ohio State and USC, and he's an absolute stud. Plays for St. John Bosco here uh, in Los Angeles. Top 100 prospect, top 10 linebacker in the class. Some people think that he could come in and play right away. I'm a little hesitant to say that, especially considering Drake Bowen is in front of him and all the great things we've been hearing about him. But still, having a guy like KVA headline not only the linebackers, but the entire defensive class was really, really important for Notre Dame in this cycle. So that was a big-time get, and he sort of changes the perception about the linebacker class as a whole. 2025, no prospects committed right now. They only have two prospects committed in the class, so they don't have one at linebacker. But I expect them to land a pretty solid haul every single year as long as Marcus Freeman is the the head coach because he understands how important that position is. That's what he played as a a college player at Ohio State and then briefly in the NFL. So I feel good about the future of the position. But as I said, because of the COVID year, Bertrand, Kaiser, and Leo could all technically come back next year if they wanted to. I don't expect them to. Six years is a long time in college. Six years in South Bend is like... I don't know, 18 years anywhere else. So I don't really expect them to come back next season. And there is a world where Notre Dame is going to have to replace all three starters. I think Notre Dame might, you know, look into the transfer portal to try and see if they could get some veteran help. Maybe a grad transfer who's played some college football before, because I, I feel like linebacker is a position where you really want some experience. Not to, That's not to say that I wouldn't feel comfortable with Drake Bowen, Jalen Sneed, Jane Osbury playing out there and playing a lot next year, but it'd be nice to have a little bit of experience. So ideally – One of these guys, maybe J.D. Bertrand, if he comes back one more year, I'd be shocked. But maybe Jack Geiser, uh, depending on how much he plays this season, maybe he decides to come back next year. He provides a veteran presence for the group. If he does come back next year, he'd almost certainly be a team captain. So that could be beneficial. Um, But we'll see. I don't really know what to expect. Maybe if injuries happen, things could totally change the dynamic of this room. But let's say, for the sake of this conversation, that they all three leave. My guess is that Jalen Snead, Drake Bowen, and Jay Osbury would be the three starting linebackers next season, which would be a true junior, and then two sophomores, which would be a very, very young group of guys, but also a very talented bunch, and that's where KVA comes in. Maybe he gets in, gets in playing time as a true freshman. Maybe he lives up to the hype right away. Um, he plays for a really good high school program, as I mentioned, out here uh, at St. John Bosco, so I think the transition for him is going from high school to college is not going to be as, as difficult as it is for some players, especially at the linebacker position. I also think it's fair to ask, what's going to happen with Hal Golden? Um, he's a guy who just came from the NFL. He also has head coaching experience at the college level. How long does he want to be just a defensive coordinator? Maybe he wants to go to the NFL. Hey, as I've said many times before in this podcast, I totally understand why an assistant coach would rather coach in the NFL than in college. You don't have to recruit. And that is a very, very important thing that a lot of coaches don't want to do. I'm not saying that Al Golden is a bad recruiter, but it doesn't seem like it's his favorite thing to do based on some of the stuff we've heard about his involvement in recruits and things like that. But I don't know. If Notre Dame has an unbelievable defense this season, Al Golden is going to be getting looks uh, from other colleges and probably some NFL teams as well. Does he take that opportunity? Maybe. Maybe he wants to stick around. Maybe he's comfortable at Notre Dame as a defensive coordinator and that's all he has to focus on. I don't know, but I think that if he does leave, that opens up the door for even more questions about the linebackers next year because you'd already probably be having a lot of young guys starting and then they'd have to learn a new defensive scheme along with that. That's a lot to ask of these uh, freshmen and sophomores. So we'll see what happens there with Al Golden. In the end, though, I feel like this season – you gotta have a lot of confidence about what the linebackers can do because they're so experienced. And then they've got these young guys behind them who are chomping at the bit to get on the field and make a name for themselves and get themselves ready to play next season because, as I was just saying, they're going to have a role. They're going to have a lot of responsibilities next year, and I think that the coaching staff recognizes that, and that's why they're making it such a priority to get them involved a lot in practice, get reps with the starters, get reps going against the starting offense, uh, and get acclimated to playing at the college level because Notre Dame is going to have to count on these guys, not just this year, but next year and beyond. And I, I think the coaching staff looked at last year and was like, we can never have a situation like this again again, where Maris Leifau is playing 600-plus snaps. The only linebacker who should be playing 600-plus snaps is Man Teo. If you're not at his level or anywhere close to to that, you probably shouldn't be playing that much because it is a very physically taxing position that grinds you out. And if you're out in the field that much, getting hit over and over and over again, you're probably not going to be as good at the end of the year as you were at the start, and you can't really have that, especially when you're trying to peak late in the season, compete for national championships, compete uh, for all the things that Notre Dame wants to accomplish. You can't run your linebackers into the ground. So it'll be really interesting to see how the Notre Dame uh, coaching staff rotates guys during the season, during the games on Saturdays, because it's obviously a lot different on Saturdays than rotating guys in practice. you got to be able to trust them to make plays against some really good teams. Um, And it's going to be really, really fascinating to watch. But as I've said over and over on this podcast, I have high hopes for this group I think that they're going to be really talented this year. I think that they're going to be really talented down the road because of all the great talent that has been coming in over the past few years, and uh, it's exciting. It's an exciting time, and I think that when when the season kicks off against Navy, I think the linebackers are going to have a great, great day going up against that defense. They're going to make a lot of tackles, and hopefully they'll build some confidence uh, for later on down the road when they're playing teams who have a little bit more of an explosive offense than the Navy midshipmen. But that is a wrap for this episode of Lockdown Irish. Thanks again for making this your first listen of the day. For the everydayers out there, I'm planning on having a guest on tomorrow's show that's a familiar face in the Notre Dame media landscape, but you probably haven't heard from him as much until very recently, so stay tuned for that. Before you head out, be sure to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you're listening to the pod, and follow us on social media. The Twitter account is at LockedOnIrish, Instagram is at LockedOnIrishPod, and my personal Twitter account is at Tyler, W-O-J-C-I-A-K. Same time, same place tomorrow, guys. I'll see you then.